0: Hello and welcome to this edition of the PHBC Pastors Podcast, where we seek to bring biblical and pastoral insight to everyday issues for the people of PHBC. I'm Brian. And I'm Brian. And today we're going to be talking about parenting, specifically about discipline. So here at PHBC, we are blessed to have many families with lots of kids, and we're going to start off by just affirming, along with scripture, that children are a blessing, that is true through and through psalm 127 3 calls children a gift or a heritage from the lord and that the man and woman whoever has kids is to be considered blessed so children are a blessing no doubt and yet they are also sinful every one of them from the youngest to the oldest they have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and so to get things started on this subject I want to ask, what are we to do about these sinful little people? What does Scripture have to say about disciplining children?
1: Do it. And primarily, it is the parent's responsibility to discipline their children. Now, we will probably talk in a few minutes a little bit about what exactly discipline looks like and why we would discipline, but... Discipline is not something that we can it's not something we can avoid in our the lives of our children it's something we must do if we want to produce godly children we must discipline them now what that looks like may differ from child to child but we must actively discipline our children the scripture is just leaves us. No choice on it. It's full in the Proverbs. Paul talks about it in his letters. We must discipline our children.
0: Yeah, Proverbs twenty three thirteen. Do not withhold discipline from a child. Nineteen eighteen. Discipline your sons, for there is hope. Uh, Ephesians four. Fathers, don't provoke your children in anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, now, here's the funny thing about sin is that we parents are affected by it as well, and so we fall short in our discipline of it or in our consistent application of discipline and yet we are clearly called to uphold scripture's teaching on discipline. So let's let's just dive into to what you mentioned a minute ago. What should discipline look like? Now my my guess is that disciplining a 2-year-old is going to look different than disciplining a 12-year-old, which will then look different than disciplining a 20-year-old. So we'll, we'll start young and, and work our way up from there. Uh, what might disciplining a young child look like? What are some kind of parameters, some principles that we should keep in mind when it comes to disciplining young children? So um, you alluded to this a
1: bit in your lead-up, but there's there there really there are two types of discipline. There's positive discipline, and then there's negative discipline. So positive discipline would be for example, disciplining yourself to read the Bible um, every day, disciplining yourself to pray, disciplining yourself to give faithfully to the church—whatever what, it might be—those are positive forms of discipline. I'm assuming your question here, though, is talking more about how do we, you know, how are we disciplining somebody when they have gone astray? So they are—they are no longer walking the path that they should walk. Uh, they've done something. They've disobeyed. Uh, what their parents have asked them to do, they're disobeying a command in Scripture, what have you, and so how now do we discipline them? For the two-year-old, you're right, it will look a lot different than the 12-year-old or the 20-year-old, but for the two-year-old or the the toddler elementary school age, um, discipline will need to be, it, it needs to be age appropriate. And so... You would, with a twelve-year-old, for example, you might have a different con- You might have a conversation with them that you wouldn't have with a two-year-old. The two-year-old, you might simply um, uh, discipline might might mean you take away a favorite toy. So say they're using their toy to um, to hit their sister with their toy, and so um, and you tell them if you use your toy to hit your sister, I'm taking the toy away from you, and so you take the toy away from them. Um, and then beyond that, of course, uh, and we'll we'll talk about this, I'm sure, as well. Uh, there's spanking, which is an, a biblically appropriate form of discipline for the two-year-old, the three-year-old, the four-year-old, the five-year-old. Discipline, a certain uh, spanking, would
0: certainly be appropriate. So let's let's dive into that then. Proverbs thirteen twenty-four: Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Now in our 2020 modern age spanking is quite the hot button issue uh, many over 50 countries have actually outlawed it including Spain, Brazil New Zealand, Germany and 40 some others uh, and yet we see it in scripture so how should we as Christians approach this subject of spanking is it something that we have to do because it's in the Bible what, 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 what should we do with this subject I don't know that spanking
1: is something that we have to do but I think, I think it would be a foolish parent to, to completely take it off the table and to say, no, I'm not going to do that. The Bible doesn't speak of it in a negative form. It speaks of it in a very positive way. And so, and we we do need to draw um, a distinction here. There are parents who abuse their children, who uh, don't spank their children. They beat their children. They punish their children. Um, And any type of godly discipline isn't a form of beating. It's not a form of leaving marks on your child. It's not a form of humiliating your child. It's a form of wanting to shape your child and love your child well so that they understand right from wrong. And so God has graciously made us so that we have a nice piece of uh, flesh on our hindquarters uh, that will work wonderfully for a spanking and so a and I am also so this is uh, I did this is not my own idea this is I read this in a Dobson book two decades ago um, about the importance so so when my wife and I were raising our children are old they're all past the spanking stage um, and so but when they were younger they did get spankings but we, we felt it important that we not use our hands to spank as, as much as possible. We wouldn't use our hand because we didn't want our child to associate um, punishment with our person. And so we didn't want them to see our hand like when we would reach out to lovingly caress them with our hand to, you know, to pat them on the cheek. We didn't want them to see our hand as, oh, that's what dad uses to inflict harm on me. And so we would make it a habit. We had a, a very lightweight wooden spoon a kitchen spoon uh, that we would um, my wife would carry in her diaper bag um, and so or the backpack whatever when we were going somewhere and uh, and at the house we had it and the child knew that the, the wooden spoon was what would be used for a spanking and so and again only um, on the hindquarters so not on any other part of the body and never 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 in anger and so, if you feel like you are so infuriated, and trust me, I've had four children. I know it can get children can get you to the point where you feel like I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And you get to a point where you just cannot. You're angry. Um, we, you've heard of taking, of having your children take a timeout. Well, parent, if you ever get in a situation where you are angry with your child and you're about to discipline them, let me encourage you in the strongest possible way for you to take a time out. Uh, It might mean, say, you tell your child, listen, mommy or daddy, I'm going to go to my bedroom for five minutes and then I'm going to come back and talk to you about this. Um, But if you're angry when you're disciplining them, that is usually, well, almost almost always it's going to
0: end in a result that you don't want that end in that result. And then I you've, know you've shared before about, so after you and your wife have decided that the child has committed an offense that, that warrants a spanking, um, how does that situation resolve? So, so that the punishment has been dealt, and then do you just leave them alone, or, or what happens immediately after that?
1: So in our household, um, after the spanking would happen, um, there would usually be some tears on the part of the child, which is natural, and not always because Al would hurt that much, but because they knew that they were wrong and they were disappointed that they had sinned against their mom and dad um, and sinned against God. And so what we would do is we would administer the spanking. Um, I was generally the one who would administer the spanking, although I don't know that it's necessary that the dad always be the one to administer the spanking. Um, But I would, um, after the spanking, I would put away the spoon so the spoon wouldn't be present anymore, and I would hug my child and tell my child, I love you. And then I would pray with my child. And so to let them know that even though they had disappointed me and, or they had disobeyed me or disobeyed their mother, um, it did not mean that we didn't love them and care for them and that they weren't still a, a valuable member of the family. That's, that's
0: good, to, good to hear and a, and a helpful word. Um, so transitioning now from the youngest children um in the toddler age range now up into kind of more how do you know when when they're too old so certainly if you know you're saying no don't get in that car to drive away you you need uh, they're a bit old and beyond that but how do you know when it's time to transition um the discipline methods in the home so yeah when when is if you're trying to
1: spank your 18 year old that's probably not going to work by the time they're 18 they might be able to flip you over and spank you um, as far as their strength goes and so that's that's generally not a good idea a general principle that we've applied in our lives is is you want the punishment number one you want it to fit the offense so uh, depending on depending on what they have done you don't want to be excessive in their punishment. so you know they left milk on the counter you don't want to you know Spank them four hundred times because they let milk on the. Of course, you never want to spank them four hundred times, but you, I'm using exaggeration here. Um, you, you want to um, have a punishment that you know that the child is going to understand as a punishment. That this is a this is not something pleasant. And so, for example, let's say to, in today's age, it's not uncommon for an eighth grader or a seventh grader. And even some in the elementary school for them to have a cell phone or even a smartphone. And it's in my experience, it's not so, not, also not uncommon for that individual, that child, to become addicted to that electronic device. I mean, they do ever they don't go anywhere with that electronic device. And so let's say they do something that was, that's warning punishment. Um, maybe 24 hours, 48 hours a week, or whatever, without that cell phone. Um, or there are ways to you know, use parental controls where you can make the phone where it's you know, the smartphone that can do anything. You can actually make it a dumb phone where all it does is call. Um, and so if you want your child, you want to be able to reach your child, uh, then go into the settings of that phone and change it so that they can only use it as a phone. Um, and uh, so that would be an example of a, um, of a punishment. Restriction, uh, let's say they have, uh, they've done something that's inappropriate and they want to go hang out with their friends this weekend. They're a high schooler. They want to hang out with their friends. And you say, no, I'm sorry. You, you, know, you have you violated a home rule or you've you know, what, whatever it might be, and so you can't do that this weekend. So those would be examples of
0: alternative punishments. Good. And so you mentioned the 18-year-old. And so in our modern age, it is becoming more and more common for adult children after, say, college or an experience away will come back home. And so we have... Uh, 18, 19, 23, 25, 27-year-olds still living at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, parenting doesn't stop when the child turns 18. Uh, so what does disciplining adult children look like? Or what should it, rather? Yeah. So um,
1: whether, if the child is, in a, is an adult child living in your home, then there ought to be clearly communicated expectations for what does that mean. So if you're, you're, you've you graduated college, you have a degree, you, are, you should be entering the workforce, if, if you are allowing that child at 27, 28, 30, or whatever, to basically have a free ride in your basement playing video games 24-7 today, you are not helping your child. And so you need to have clear expectations uh, for that child. And if the child is not living up to those expectations, then there might be some need for tough love where that child needs to, you need to say, I think it's time that you find your own apartment. You're going to have to get a job. And, um, and I'm going to give you three months' time to find a job and to find an apartment. And after that, you're going to come home and you're not, you're not going to be able to stay here anymore. And so there have to be consequences. Uh, so even for the adult... But when when it's an adult though, that's somebody you're talking to and you're reasoning with that child. And you're making sure, of course, it's, I'm using the word child, it's because it's your, it's your own child. But it, that person is no longer a child, and you ought not to treat them as a child. You need to treat them as an adult. Um, you know, there was a phrase when when my oldest children were uh, getting into college and out of college, uh, where we would talk about it's adulting. You know, it's time to adult. Uh, right now to do some adult things, and so there are adult responsibilities, and those ju- those things just need to be clearly communicated. Um, I want my children to always know, even my adult children who have graduated college and, and they're, by God's grace, they're living on their own now, praise God for that, but I want them to know that they are always welcome in my home. Um, but if they're in my home, and they, they're choosing to live in my home, then um, it is... It is my home. It's for my wife and I. We are the ones who um, provide for that home. And so then I would expect them to um, obey the rules that we um, ask them to obey as long as they're living in our home.
0: There you go. So to wrap up and to come full circle to where we started, uh, you touched on this for a bit at the beginning. I just want to end here as well. Uh, what is the purpose of discipline? So so biblically speaking, we've seen that we should. We've talked about what that might look like for different age ranges. Uh, At the end of the day, why are parents called to discipline their children? So particularly for Christian parents,
1: Christian parents want to discipline their children because they're, they're trying to shape them and mold them and point them To God through Christ and so we want our children to know that there is such a thing for example as right and wrong Um, and so when the when the two-year-old looks at mommy and says no I'm not going to do that and mommy and daddy laugh and think oh isn't that cute let's listen to him exert his own personality Um, that's going to end poorly for you um, in the long run if you just think it's cute when they say no because when they're 15 and saying no Um, that's not going to be as cute anymore. And so we are trying to discipline them because we're pointing them always, always, always to Christ. And so that is why we discipline them. We point them to Jesus. We want them to see uh, that in their heart they have sin um, and that their sin separates them from God. And so we want them to see that the solution for uh, their sin problem is Christ. And so if a child doesn't think he has anything wrong with him, um, then why would he need Christ? And so we're pointing them to Christ, and, and that's what the Christian parent does.
0: Well, amen to that. Thank you for your time, and thank you for joining us for this edition of PHBC Pastors Podcast. If there are other subjects that you are interested in hearing a biblical perspective on and receiving pastoral insight about, we are always open to suggestions, so by all means let us know. And until next time, we will see you later.